Will AI improve our lives or exterminate the species? What would it take to abolish poverty? Are you eating enough fermented foods? These are some of the questions we've tackled recently on The Next Big Idea. I'm Rufus Griscom, and every week I sit down with the world's leading thinkers for in-depth conversations that will help you live, work, and play smarter. Follow The Next Big Idea wherever you get your podcasts. LinkedIn presents... From entrepreneurship to global business leadership, from challenges to self-discovery to our ever-changing future, what separates those who win and those who get passed by? This is The Yes Factor with Winnie Sun. You've probably been hearing more about the metaverse. It almost sounds like an online Disneyland slash Monopoly virtual world with people buying land, art, meeting friends, and more. Facebook even changed its name to Meta. So what is this and why is it important? Well, just last year in 2021, $100 billion was spent on virtual goods inside gaming platforms alone. And by 2024, Bloomberg projects that the metaverse market may reach an $800 billion industry mark. If you've been curious about the metaverse, you're in the right place. My next guest today... My guest today is Kathy Hackle, CMO, aka the Chief Metaverse Officer. Kathy is someone I've known for years. We've met via live streaming events. She's a legend in her work on VR, AR, and more. Kathy is a globally recognized metaverse expert and tech futurist. Her deep experience stems from working in metaverse-related fields with companies such as HTC Vive, Magic Leap, and Amazon Web Services. She's the CEO of the Futures Intelligence Group, a leading metaverse consultancy which works with the world's top brands on their own metaverse growth strategies. Please meet Kathy Hackle. Kathy, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm happy to be here, Winnie. We know, I know you from, you know, getting the chance to spend some time with you as an Adobe Insider, but also your content is followed globally in some, I should say, tech circles, but also in other platforms as well, longtime Forbes contributor and everything, everybody else. Tell me, Kathy, when you think about how much you've done in your career, right? You've done so much. You've been all over the media. This is something you know very well, but I'm curious about your backstory. This is something I've never asked you, in fact. How do you get to where you are today? And talk to us about your own yes factor or aha moment. Yeah, Winnie. So I think I arrived at where I am kind of by accident, serendipity, kismet, whatever people want to call it, I guess being in the right place at the right time. Um, this is kind of how I trace my story to how I got to, you know, to be a, a metaverse expert or, you know, a metaverse strategist that I am now. It goes all the way back to 2004. So that's a very long time ago. Uh, at that time, I was actually working in the media. I wasn't in tech and I was working for CNN. And part of the job I was doing for CNN was looking at all the raw footage uh, that was coming in from the war in Iraq, right? So, you know, I always joke that I was a YouTuber, or Facebook moderator before, <laughs> before that even existed, because I had to sit through some really horrible things. And when you have that type of job, you have to kind of like turn your humanity switch off or just turn the dial a little bit, right? Just to kind of get by and have a life, a little PTSD and things, you know, from there. And for me, it wasn't until about eight or so 
seven or eight years ago, I went to a conference. I was already in tech. I was in the live video space, which is, I think, where you and I connected. And I got invited to put a virtual reality headset on. And I put the VR headset on. I was transported into a solitary confinement cell in virtual reality. And something struck me. You know, it was just kind of one of those moments where like, wow, I am... I am in a place I don't want to be, right? I'm experiencing something that, you know, prisoners in solitary confinement experience like 90% of their time. So within a couple of minutes, it was a level of empathy, I guess, that, that came over me and also claustrophobia. Uh, and I took the headset off. And that was to me my, the moment I said to myself, I don't know what I just saw, but I saw the future of something, future of storytelling on some level. And this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. So I, at that moment, it was very clear to me. And it almost felt like that switch or that dial that I had turned uh, a little bit when I was at CNN finally felt like I was able to fully turn it back on. That's the only way I can explain kind of how it felt. You know, and I said, this is what I'm doing for the rest of my life. I did a very, very hard pivot into VR and AR at that time. So much so that people, my friends were like, what are you doing? This is crazy. What are you going into? But it's it's paid off. And, and I feel like I would say that I recognized a rocket when I saw one. I just didn't know it was a rocket. But that was the moment where I said, this is it. This is what I'm doing. That's incredible. Because you are certainly very passionate about this topic, but you are the go-to. I know everyone says you have a question, AR, IR, any kind of R, you, get, you definitely go to see uh, Kathy Hackle. And not only that is now, let's talk about the metaverse. This is huge. And I know you've been talking a lot about it. I know you've worked with a lot of major companies on this topic. What is the metaverse market opportunity? I mean, many of us, to be honest with you, don't quite understand it. I think, you know, we have to kind of go to the past to understand where we're going in the future. So I always start with people and I say, you know, take them back to the path, you know, the, the beginning of the web. So web 1.0 connected information that gave us the internet that obviously changed a lot of things that evolved into web 2.0, which connected people. And that gave us the tech juggernauts of today, you know, the, you know, and social media, but it also gave us this sharing economy and it gave us e-commerce. And, and that obviously changed a lot of things for a lot of us and how we communicate and how we do business. And now we're again at this evolution point where we're evolving from Web 2.0 to Web 3.0. And with Web 3.0, that connects people, places and things or people, spaces and assets that can sometimes be in a fully virtual environment, but that's not the only place. They'll eventually also be in the physical world. So in this Web 3.0 era that we're going into in this future of the Internet, this unlocks what is what's considered the metaverse, right? So the metaverse is, you know, it's hard to define. There's no agreed upon definition. Uh, if you go to the Merriam-Webster dictionary and you type the word metaverse, it says this word is not in the dictionary. That's how nascent. And I do this. This is a tradition I do every morning, Winnie, with my morning coffee. I go to the dictionary and I type in metaverse. There's no agreed upon definition, but it, it is in essence the successor state to today's mobile internet. It is a full convergence of physical and virtual. It is about virtual shared experiences that happen both in virtual spaces, but also in the physical world. The physical world is also a part of the metaverse, right? Which I think is important for people to understand. We're not just talking about virtual worlds and virtual reality. This is, this is really about how we're going to experience the future of the internet. Another important point to make when you're thinking about the metaverse and Web3 is to me, Web3 is about how we connect those people, places, and things. The metaverse is about how we experience the future of the internet. So they're intrinsically linked, but they're not interchangeable. They're really interesting, Kathy, because 
from what I can see and what I've read, it seems like a lot of people are saying, well, you know, at some point we're going to meet virtually. Well, you're going to be able to see our facial expressions and we'll be able to grab a hand across the table and they'll feel like we're all in the same room. But you're saying it's it's partially in-person and, and a lot of obviously online, a different way for ex- experience getting together online. Is that right? Yeah, it's a spectrum. Like sometimes if I'm not in the physics, same physical location as a family member or as a business acquaintance, yes, we might shake hands virtually. Uh, but it'll also be you moving around the world, looking at data in a different way. The whole idea is thinking through, you know, what comes after the mobile phone. It's potentially glasses, some type of wearable. I think it's really important for people to understand another thing is the metaverse is not here yet. We are building the metaverse towards the metaverse in the next 10 years. This decade is the decade where we're building it. Right. So it encompasses both virtual spaces, but also the physical world. So, yes, there will be that part of you and me would be meeting in a hologram. Right. Form. And those things, it's interesting because those things are already happening just in a smaller scale in a very niche way. Uh, So, for example, there's a startup out of L.A. that just came out of stealth that I've been a big fan of for many years called Emerge. And they have this little uh, this little device that you put on your desk. And let's say you put your VR headset on or you put your, you know, your Microsoft HoloLens, and you're actually able to shake someone's hand virtually and you feel the handshake or you feel an item. So you can always, you can already feel things in, in virtual items in, you know, in front of you. Um, that's not done a scale, right? It's, it's still very niche, but that's happening. And you also have like holoportation, which is, let's call them holograms. There's no light field, but you know, hologram communication, you know, you've got Cisco doing really interesting things with Magic Leap. You've got Microsoft HoloLens. I mean, this, it sounds futuristic, but it really is something that's happening right now. It just hasn't been enabled at scale. So yes, the metaverse is about those virtual shared experiences that happen in virtual spaces, but also the physical world. Well, Kathy, what does the metaverse mean for society? I mean, what are like as a as a financial person, we are always looking into the future, trying to understand what it is that is going to be important for us so that we can plan, so we can maybe make a decision of whether or not, you know, this is something that should be on radar. So, what do you think it's going to mean for the day to day? Yeah. So I will say two things here is from the financial perspective, like the the projections put the metaverse market opportunity. I think Bloomberg says 800 billion by 2024. Some people say 1 trillion. Those are projections, right? Um, we'll see what happens. I will tell you that last year, $100 million were spent in virtual goods inside gaming platforms. So just virtual, virtual to virtual commerce, right? So those numbers are only going to increase. But when you start to think about what, you know, how do you start preparing for the future? This is not slowing down. We are, this is how I explain it. We are on a high speed train destination metaverse. We don't know when we get there. We don't know the stops, but everyone's on it because they, they can't afford not to be on it. Right. So you're thinking about the future of the internet. You're thinking of, of thinking of what's coming. It's almost starting to prepare for, you know, for the internet breaking free of, the flat surfaces, like the rectangles in our hands and in our in our desks. So yeah, it, it is about an evolution of understanding, you know, just understanding like this is where we're going. Several things along the way could happen that would delay this or would you know potentially cancel it out. So I do think that those are things that we need to think about. But from an investment standpoint, a financial standpoint, it is very much where a lot of the big players are investing billions of dollars, and where a lot of startups startups are starting to become you know more relevant players. Um, and you see this very much in the gaming space, um, as you you know you follow a lot of these news. Gaming acquisitions right now are the hot thing, 
you know, Microsoft acquiring Activision Blizzard. I mean, that was a big, big signal. And yeah, it's almost, I, do you remember that time where every, every company was a tech company? Like, you know, WeWork would say they were a tech company. Yeah, I feel like we're evolving into every company's a metaverse company or every company's a gaming company. It's almost that all over again. They're the only cool kids on the block, Kathy. That's why. <laughs> really interesting. I, I got to ask you this question, though. So we're hearing this. We're acknowledging this. Does that mean, do you foresee in the future? Are we going to be wearing glasses? We're going to be the eyewear. Is, is this just going to be something that's in our future that we should be expecting? I mean, how are we going to be able to, you know, stay on top of the metaverse when we're out and about? Well, I don't think we'll even think about it. Like, I don't think it's going to be like, oh, I'm in the metaverse. It'll just be like, oh, I'm going through these different experiences all day. And yes, I mean, I think a lot of us envision that future, you know, in some type of wearable glasses, you know, AirPods already do a lot of great stuff, you know, augmenting your audio. Um, so yeah, it's it's some type of wearable. I mean, you you walk around, I'm in New York City today, and you walk around, everyone's like looking down at their phones. I mean, I think it's kind of great if we wear glasses and yeah, we'll see data in front of us, but we'll be kind of looking straight forward. So, so yeah, I mean, that's kind of how a lot of us envision it. That being said, putting a supercomputer on someone's face is a very hard problem to solve, both from the weight and the aesthetics of the device to, you know, to the battery life, to the optics. I mean, this is a really hard problem uh, to solve from a technical standpoint, right? I will say to Winnie, when you talk about what does this mean for society, there is an anthropological question, right? There is a, an anthropological, you know, analysis and exploration that we have to do as we head into this further convergence of, of physical and virtual, right? One of the things I'm looking at is what does work become, right? Work has been for, you know, centuries, something very physical. You know, we've moved, some of us have moved away from that physical labor more into knowledge, uh, and being knowledge workers. So we have, you know, we have the luxury, let's really call it that, a luxury of not having to move boxes or to do physical tasks. So as more knowledge, as knowledge work keeps increasing, does that knowledge work become more gamified, right? You already have gaming platforms with models called play to earn, where someone is playing and they're actually earning money. So there is an anthropological question around work. What does work become? Does it become more gamified? Does it become more quote unquote fun? So yeah, and also an anthropological question of like, how do we differentiate between reality and, and virtual? That's, you know, that's a really, that's going to be, I think, a, a big question that we will need to answer in the years to come as we build the metaverse. Well, you know, that's what I want to talk to you about. I, I like to talk to you about business, okay? When you think of commerce, when you think of business, income, all those good things, talk to me about how, what, what do you think that correlation is with the metaverse? Yeah, so for me, when I look about, when I look at the metaverse, I think about new potential opportunities, right? Um, you've got someone like Shelly Palmer, who's, uh, you know, talking a lot about how in Web3, especially creators are going to be able to share the value of their creations like if they've never done before. And I think that that is a very strong statement, a wonderful statement for creators. So other than rather than likes and retweets or shares, they're actually going to be making, you know, profits. They're going to be sharing in the value of their creations. So that's one thing from a commerce perspective, because I do work with a lot of companies and brands is looking at new commerce models. Right. So we've been doing physical to physical commerce for centuries where, you know, you or I go to a store and we buy a physical item and we come home. You know, we might be paying with credit card or whatever, but we buy a physical item and we come home. There's been virtual to virtual commerce and gaming economies for decades. 
it's just very sexy right now to talk about how we're buying, you know, virtual goods inside virtual platforms with virtual, you know, currencies like Robux or, or V-Bucks. That's kind of really exciting. That has, that can scale a lot more. Uh, I'm also looking at other commerce models that are being enabled by this convergence, which are virtual to physical commerce. So I am in a virtual space. I do something and something, a physical item gets delivered to my house or a physical experience gets unlocked for me in the physical world. And then the other component and the reverse of that, which is physical to virtual commerce, where I am in a physical store or I'm having a physical experience that unlocks a virtual asset for me or something in the virtual space. And those two in that, you know, they have not been done at scale. I'm interested in looking at how to enable those and architect those at scale you know, looking at these new words, new where new ways of doing commerce with the companies I look at, you know, work with, they're thinking through how do these become new potential new revenue streams, right? For them, how do they evolve their brand? Uh, if they sell a certain physical product, what are they selling in the metaverse? But another big component of that is not just selling, and this is really important. I say this to every single brand I work with. It is about community and authenticity. If you are not building a community that is, you know, that is that is excited about who you are as a brand, you are missing out. In Web3 and Metaverse, community and authenticities are kings, and you will not be able to kind of engage your community and rev up your community if you're not building it. And we'll be right back with Kathy after this break. Have you been feeling the effects of stress, burnout, or anxiety at work? Workplace culture is changing, but we're not done yet. Listen to the Anxious Achiever podcast to rethink the relationship between your career and your mental health. Hear stories from psychologists, entrepreneurs, even athletes and celebrities. Learn how they balance success and ambition with staying mentally healthy and walk away with practical advice you can implement today. Get the Anxious Achiever wherever you find your podcasts. You know, when, when you're saying this, Kathy, it makes me think about this. And this is one of my concerns. And I'm sure, you know, this is something we'll have to flush out is the issue of inequality, right? You know, you talked about wearables. You talked about all of this, um, these experiences, community. These are areas I think all of us agree would be beneficial perhaps to multifacets of our lives. But will everybody be able to participate? Will everybody be able to afford wearables? You know, that to me, when I when I hear you talk about that, that's something that to me is concerning because just like we're talking about, you know, rent levels mm -hmm. jumping sky high in New York City and whatnot, but certain areas, certain countries, certain demographics, what if they can't financially participate? Is yeah. that something that we're looking at? I think in the beginning, it will be something that will be impacted, right? Um, not everyone's going to necessarily going to be able to afford, you know, whatever Apple brings to market, whether it's glasses or whatever it is that they're going to announce eventually. Um, so there will be that kind of situation where not everyone's going to be able to afford it. Um, just kind of, you know, with the iPhone, you know, not everyone can afford an iPhone, but many people can afford some type of mobile device. So I think that there will be a scale. I always think that, you know, as we progress, there's always going to be super high quality Hollywood quality, what I call uh, you know, the Ferrari, but there's also going to be the Kia, right? There's going to be the more indie type of content. So, so yeah, there will be a bit of a, a bit of an issue there. I would definitely think at the beginning, I do think as, as you know, 5G progresses, there's going to be more access potentially to, to connectivity uh, devices will eventually decrease in, in value. I do think, and this is really important to mention is that some of these new things happening in web three and metaverse will enable people to not necessarily have to move to New York city, 
right? I almost feel that like Silicon Valley has been the bedrock of innovation, let's say for web two and for web one and web two. But in web three, what I'm seeing is almost a move away, not hundred percent from, from Silicon Valley because venture still goes through there and innovation is still happening there, but more towards distributed innovation in, you know, in cities like Miami that are very crypto friendly and you're seeing a lot of different changes and just innovation centers that are more distributed. So that gives more opportunities to people that, you know, weren't ready or couldn't afford to move, you know, to San Francisco or, or, or to Menlo Park. That's something you also have, like I said, play to earn. And, and I don't want to over index on that because there's it's a little bit controversial. There are people that have teams, their team, you know, teams that play these games and these people, you know, are in Venezuela or, you know, in the Philippines and different places and they're making a living playing a game. That being said, you know, there's going to be new job opportunities. I think creativity personally will be unlocked at a level we've never seen before. But yes, there will potentially be some level there, uh, some issue there of inequality, especially at the beginning. Um, my hope is that as we move forward and innovation keeps increasing, that there will be more people that will be able to access uh, right, the devices and eventually access the metaverse. You know, I got to ask you this question because I think there's a lot of brands watching today and thinking about this, not only for themselves, but thinking, how can I be smart about uh, taking advantage of this for my business? So if a brand wants to be part of the metaverse, what would you recommend they start? So I would definitely recommend education's number one. Um, I think a lot of brands have already educated themselves, um, but if they haven't, like, you know, they have a wonderful podcast with Adweek called Metaverse Marketing. Uh, don't let the word marketing fool you. It's an actual audio documentary, audio documentary on the future of the metaverse. So education is number one. Um, I think starting to seek out communities where you have interest or that, you know, communities that are interested in what your brand is offering. And then I think it's really important. This is critical. I think every brand needs to understand that there's no one size fits all Every brand is going to approach this differently. The metaverse will mean something different for every brand and seek advice from people that actually know what they're talking about. You know, I feel like, and I'll be very honest, I feel like a lot of agencies that have done a lot of work in the 2D space are now saying that they have a metaverse practice or that they're a metaverse agency. And but those people are people that, you know, last year were doing social media. And that's great if they were. For me, like I've been in this industry for eight years. Right. I think it's a little bit different. So always seek that. Um, there's also what I've seen a lot of people saying, I'm an NFT expert or an NFT consultant trying to sell NFTs. And what I told brands is like, if anyone's selling you NFTs, the first thing you need to ask them is to show it for it's for them to show you show you their wallet, their crypto wallet. If they don't have a crypto wallet or they do not own an NFT, how can they be advising you about NFTs? That's the, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of that happening in the space. So I think working with the best, if you can, right, and, uh, and educating yourself and then participating in community, joining a Discord server, like spending some time. Um, don't click on don't click on links or do DMs in Discord, please. <laughs> um, but go and listen and join communities in Discord as well. Well, amazing, Kathy. Well, I know if I have questions who I'm going to go to, I'm definitely going to you're on my speed dial. So I'll be calling you, Kathy. Yeah. All right. We're going to do a quick speed dial of uh, speed dial, <laughs> a quick speed round on that note. Let's have some fun. All right, Kathy, I'm going to ask you one question in the interest of time. And that is, you know, you've experienced a lot of successes in your life, but I want to talk about disappointments. Um, can you tell us about a challenge that you might have gone through when looking back, 
was actually a really pivotal moment for you and what you do today? Because I think a lot of young people are looking at you like, wow, Kathy has the coolest job. I want to be Kathy. I'll tell you, it happened not too long ago. Uh, it happened April 22nd. I still remember the date, uh, 2020. Uh, I used to work at a company called Magic Leap, uh, which makes you know spatial computing glasses or augmented reality glasses. Uh, I went to work there thinking it was the next Apple. Uh, I loved working there, worked there for almost two years. It's the place where I've worked with the most amazing people, everyone from Neil Stevenson, who coined the term metaverse, to John Gaeta, who created the bullet sequence for the Matrix, and just crazy, amazing people. And I, I, I love the company. I almost feel like I got married to the company. I went in for a long-term for a long-term relationship. Um, and on April 22nd, 2020, I was, uh, you know, a group, I was part of the employees that were laid off, like more than half of the employees were laid off or something like that. And that was really heartbreaking. I had never been through a layoff before. And I almost feel like I went through a divorce uh, without wanting one, <laughs> uh, because I was so married to the company and my identity was so tied to it. And at that moment, it felt so hard to, to, to be laid off into, you know, a lot of people got impacted, obviously, during during the pandemic. And I was one of those people, but in hindsight, Winnie, I'm, it sounds weird to say this, but I'm so glad that that happened because I leveraged that, you know, from, I went into a job at Amazon web services where I learned a lot about cloud. I almost feel like I got an MBA uh, and then eventually launched my metaverse consultancy. And I've been incredibly successful. And I don't think I would have gotten there if I hadn't, first of all, spent the time at HTC Vive and then in Magic Leap. And, uh, and then, you know, that had, that sent me into AWS. And then eventually I knew from my time at Magic Leap, I had been talking about the metaverse for years with executives. And I just knew in February, 2021, that I had to launch my own consultancy and leave Amazon Web Services, probably the safest place it could be during a pandemic to launch my consultancy. But I wouldn't have been able to do that if it weren't for the time I'd spent in Magic Leap and for that layoff. Um, so sometimes those horrible moments that just feel like they're crushing you are the gut punch that you need to take risks and to figure out what you want to do next. And I am so, you know, it sounds weird to say it, but I'm so happy, in some ways, happy it happened. Oh, grateful. I'm grateful to hear from you. And thank you so much for being so generous. And Kathy, feel kind to share. Where can people follow you to learn and continue? Because you got, you got to follow Kathy, because I follow Kathy just to learn what's, what's the next five years are going to look like. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, LinkedIn is definitely my, my, my spot. You know, Kathy Hackle across all social media channels, Twitter and LinkedIn. And yeah, just, you know, keep your eyes out. I'm going to be launching a community called People of the Metaverse, where I hold, I, you know, I hold metaverse salons with some of the top minds in the space. So yeah, Bill, let's build community. And this is what I say, Winnie, to everyone is in the metaverse, we are all world builders. And now is our time to build. We can all build this. And women, you know, listening, looking at this, you are welcome to come and build this future. Diversity, you know, diverse folks, you are welcome to come and build this future. This future is for everyone. As Kathy shared, the metaverse is about community, about the virtual and present experiences that we share. We'll see what your new wearable technology of choice will be. I'm looking forward to seeing how new tech can open new markets and bridge or even eliminate location barriers. To learn more about Kathy, please give her a follow on LinkedIn. And for me, please share a comment, ask a question and subscribe to our show. I'd love to hear from you. To learn more about me, please visit winniesun.com. Join me again next week as we share another new episode of Yes Factor with you. Thank you and be well. Be well.